y'all, and welcome to Listen for the Journey. I'm so glad you're here. My name is Mariana, and I'm the creator and host of Listen for the Journey. This podcast is all about having a good relationship with yourself, others, and God, handling the difficult things life throws at you, and finding and embracing your unique journey when going through this crazy Hey guys, today's topic is vulnerability. We are going to talk about how to find safe people to open up to, how to open up to yourself, what to open up about, and how and how to validate someone opening up and being vulnerable with you. Today I'm with Carolee Barber. I'm so happy to have you have this conversation with you. Could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, where you're from, what you do, how you got to where you are, basically a little bit about your journey. Okay. okay, hi, and uh, viewers, I am a wife, I'm a mom of three young men, and I'm also a school counselor, um, and I've been a school counselor for uh, 22, I, it's about 22 plus years, I'm, I guess I could call it 23, um, and vulnerabilities are really uh, important topic to me too, given the kind of work that I do. I've uh, been down here in North Carolina with my husband and my children for um, 13 and a half, almost 14 years. And um, we are members of Harrisburg United Methodist Church. Um, very involved in my neighborhood as well, in the community. Um, I love people, I get energy from people. Uh, young and old. Um, <clears throat> so I'd say I'm pretty social. Uh, and I, some people say I'm a little wide open. So I'm pretty good at, I guess, being vulnerable myself and learning to do that. Also, that comes with age um, and just being, trying to be authentic. Yeah. And authenticity is a huge thing for me. And it's something that I've discovered is a really big thing in wisdom for the journey. And I knew that like, I wanted to talk to you about vulnerability when I was thinking about episodes. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on. And it's, your journey is really cool. Well, thank you for having me. Honored. So kicking this episode off, I always start with, um, a verse, and today um, I'll be sharing Second Corinthians um, chapter one, verse nine through ten, um, which says, "But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with my weakness, insults, hardships, persecutions." and calamities. When I am weak, then I am strong. Um, so is there anything in that verse that really sticks out to you? I know that there's a few things for me. All of it? Yeah. Um, I think when, when I, I am, I, then I am strong. I think being true to ourselves and we're accepting our flaws and accepting the, our imperfect, that we are perfectly imperfect, mm-hmm. um, then we find this peace and, and in also in knowing that um, God's not looking for, for perfection, um, so neither should we. So I think when we accept as I was saying, we accept those weaknesses and know that God's good with those weaknesses and those flaws that we have. We just find this peace um, in who we are, um, which I think people can feel and see. And, um, and then, they, then they also find, they feel at peace when they're with us or they feel a calm when they're with us and they find us approachable. So I think if we really believe what's being said in that verse um, and we live that and we 
again, it's, it's a truth for us. Um, I think other people, when they're near us or with us, they're going to feel that. Yeah. Yeah. And you were talking about peace. And I think that's also part of like being a content and not having an urge to fix ourselves. Um, because we know that where, where we are weak, God makes us strong and God's power is made perfect in our own weakness. Um, which I just think is so cool. Um, yeah. yeah. And then another thing that I wanted to point out in this, um, in this verse is I think part of it is being bold and brave and glad in your weakness and being willing to share it and be vulnerable. So I think some of this um, verse is almost giving us permission and encouragement to be vulnerable and to speak about our weakness and to accept it. Um, so yeah, I just think that's really cool and a really good bit of encouragement. Oh, wow. it's really such because I know session that disclosing parent or even to a child when it's appropriate and it's child level, child friendly, that that can open all kinds of doors for them to be honest with what they're thinking and what they're feeling and what they need. Um, so, you know, sometimes it can be really appropriate to share your vulnerabilities and your weaknesses and disclose those things. Um, you know, it just, it helps you to connect. Yeah. Yeah. That trust. Right. Right. Um, and then also it says in this verse, um, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Typically, like when I think of, or when people think of the power of Christ, they kind of think of wrath, like the wrath of Christ, like how God's going to like punish you. But it says that the power of Christ will rest upon you. And I think that is so comforting um, that it's not going to like weigh upon you. God's not going to punish you because you're, of your weaknesses. His power is going to rest upon you. And I think I hear that as almost like cover you, like protect you and comfort you. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I just love that verse. Um, and I think it's really, it's really uh, powerful. Yeah. Um, so we can go ahead and go into the questions, that verse on our mind as we go into them. Um, so the first question is, what are safe people and how do you find them? Well, I you know I'm very blessed with um, loving parents, and I was blessed with a lot of elders. I had a lot of elders in my life, um, and not just church elders, but just family elders um, who offered and had a lot of wisdom. So sometimes those people that are safe are right within our own family. Um, those people that are and I think about those particular elders, they all had the same thing in common. They were positive, they were um, encouraging, they were loving unconditionally. They were also really good listeners and they put in the time too to spend with us, myself, my siblings. And so even as I got older, they were people that I leaned on and looked to. And I still kind of gravitate towards older people um, one of my best friends is 82 and, um, she has a lot of wisdom and she also is kind of a connection to that generation that I feel like I've kind of lost because many of my, you know, my, my grandparents passed and my great aunts that I was close to and their friends that were like family that again, gave me that wisdom and support and encouragement and, and did that modeling you know, they've passed. So I'm, I'm still kind of gravitating towards. So I'm not saying all, you know, all of people are as blessed or as fortunate to have elders that they were safe people, but those were safe people for me. Um, there were also some, some church family friends in our church. Um, you know, I, again, very fortunate, um, 
to have my inner circle be family. Um, and it was large, it was extensive. So, and my parents, again, being those kind of people that I could talk to, go to. Um, my dad was very uh, in touch with his faith and spirituality. And he's still a, a Eucharistic minister. He, he would take us to visit shut-ins and the nursing homes. And um, he's very open about his faith. Um, <laughs> And he was actually a little bit more comfort comfortable talking to me, even as a young girl. I remember him sitting on the edge of my bed talking to me when I was like out of my head being like difficult or emotional. He had, he could reason with me and he could talk to me and comfort me actually a little better than my mom, even though we're incredibly, incredibly close now, my mom and I, but, um, so I think safe people could be family. They could also be people at your school. Mm -hmm. um, as a school counselor, I'd like to say, you know, 99.99% .99 of the time, your school counselor is somebody who's safe. Um, yeah. You know, your school nurse, there's going to be teachers that you connect with, um, whatever, whether it's middle or high or second, you know, or it's post-secondary school, you know, there's people that you're going to connect with um, and who you feel safe with. Um, yeah. So yeah. I think we can find them in our community. Um, we can find them in natural places, like I said, home or, but not everybody has that as a school yeah. counselor. Too, not everybody has a safe home or safe people. Um, so they do have to look elsewhere. Right. And I was actually about to bring up guidance counselors because for me, they, they have been safe places. And um, my parents, I fortunately come from a home where like I have the room and the safety to be vulnerable and to express. Um, but my guidance counselors, especially at my middle school, were so influential in my experience. Um, I remember in sixth grade, I went through a really tough season and I would come see my guidance counselor so often and they were a safe place for me and they were really like they really impacted my journey and it was really it was really good so definitely like if you're looking for a safe place like look at schools there are teachers there are guidance counselors nurses um that I'm sure would be more than willing to like help you so Absolutely. Um, again, I, I'm so glad we were there um, during that time, that season. Um, and, and in my experiences, I've known, I've only known uh, phenomenal school counselors, um, you know, who they're there, they're there because they genuinely love kids um, and they want to help you be your best self and encourage and support. Um, so yeah, and, and, and tend to have, you know, a little bit of wisdom <laughs> to offer. So, uh, and it's somebody other than a parent, cause let's face it, when we're teens and tweens, we don't always think our parents are very smart. <laughs> For me, it's like, like sometimes I just don't want to listen to my parents. And like, I mean, I feel like that's completely normal and it's good yeah. to have people outside of your parents that you can go to. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think also friends are amazing, but there needs to be, I think at least one or two adults in your life who you can go to because 14 year olds and 15 year olds don't have like all the wisdom and experience that older people do because they're teenagers too so yeah i'm gonna agree with you yeah yeah um so just yeah a few adults are really good good safe places and yeah look to your schools look in churches your parents might be your safe place yeah um absolutely so kind of going on the other side of that what are some red flags and signs that you can look for if that somebody is not a safe person to open up to? 
Uh, yeah, fortunately, I had my own experiences, not incredibly traumatic, thank the Lord, but enough that uh, I learned um, as a teen and college age person that not every adult was safe, if we're going to use that word, or not every adult's intentions are good. Mm -hmm. So I guess my situation had to do more with like location and also naive, like being naive. Mm -hmm. um, I think you have to listen to your gut, like in hindsight. Um, I think if we, especially being young person and being exceptionally vulnerable, um, we want to stick to those people that are um, in those those areas we were talking about, like right. home, school. Um, maybe it's even I know my swim coaches were had a huge impact on me. Um, my hall director, who was a female, had a huge impact on me. A positive, an incredibly positive, loving individual she is. I still think about her. We still communicate. Um, there's, there's organic and natural places where you're going to meet people. And I say, stick to those people. Um, I'm not saying don't branch out and don't isolate yourself. I mean, you don't want to do that, but, um, the situations that I was in, I was by myself and, um, fortunately nothing got, uh, I, I wasn't in too much danger, but still, was uncomfortable and after the fact realized like that just was not appropriate for that person to talk to me that way or to that situation was not healthy for me or safe for me mm -hmm. and was said to be able to get out or to leave. But had I not, had I been with someone else, like been with a friend, um, gone with a friend, been with a friend uh, or family member um, and not been as, Trusting, um, I tended to put a lot of adults on pedestals, yeah. um, and and again, it's okay to respect your elders. It's okay to respect your professors. It's okay to respect your teachers, but it's also re to remember that they're vulnerable and they're human too, and they can make mistakes. Um, yeah. And when, and to just take those safe those precautions. Yeah. Um, when sharing, make sure you really, really know that person before you spend time with them, whether it's alone or you, you're sharing something, um, personal, you know, or intimate, you, you really need to know that person. And I think sometimes people overshare, especially again, when you're young and naive and you're, and you're insecure yourself, um, or you're just emotionally fragile at that time. You know, some people will, you may overshare with someone your age, may overshare with another person, another person your age, and come to find out they're not good at, you know, keeping the, that kind of stuff to themselves. And maybe they share it with somebody else. And right. then all of a sudden you're, those intimate or private things that you've shared, been shared with, you know, other girls or other kids. Mm -hmm. And that's not cool. Right. So. Yeah, and I was about to bring that up because one of the things that I wrote down is if somebody gossips to you about other people and um, you hear them talking about things that people have told them, things that people have done that you're like, I'm sure that person wanted that to keep, be kept private. That's probably a signal that they might not be the smartest person to like to open up to because if they're talking about, yeah, and if they're talking about other people to you, then they're probably talking about you to other people. So that might be a signal. So if somebody gossips, that might, that might not be the safest person to open Correct. up. And also let's talk about if you're thinking about sharing with a particular adult and that adult is, seems to be critical or judgmental or um, just not a positive individual. Um, I'm not judging. I'm not saying I'm, I'm just saying they're maybe not in a place to be 
the kind of person that you need them to be at that moment. You know what I'm saying? So it's, yeah, I, I've, I've had to have many conversations with young girls about not being a messenger. And when, when I mean, I said, we'd put the hands up and say, uh, no, thanks. Don't need the drama. You know, <laughs> let's, I don't, I don't, if it, if it's something negative or it's somebody, something about someone else, I, I, no, thanks. I want to be your friend, but I, I don't, I don't want to get involved, you know, or I don't, I don't want, I'm not going to pass that along. You know, I don't want to hear it. So do I do do done coaching with kiddos as to how to field gossip and how to field rumors and um, kind of empower them when that sort of situation happens. But you're absolutely right. That is, that is a red flag right there. That that's somebody that you don't, shouldn't share with when you're needing to share, wanting to share something personal. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I also think by gossiping, I don't mean like I've had experiences where friends have told me something like troubling and like I've told guys, counselors and parents, and that's, sure. okay. that's not what I mean, yeah, that- but kind of gossiping, like telling all their friends um, and making it seem like information that's okay for like everyone to know is very different and something to watch out for. Um, And then I have one more thing, um, which I think is really like a really like, for me, it's a very like, I mean, I guess red flag, like this is not a good person to open up to. Um, If they get, if they tend to get dismissive or defensive, um, more than once, because people have their moments, more than once when being confronted or talking about something serious, um, that's probably not a great thing. Like, if they try to fight back against something, if they get very defensive, very, like, mad, angry, intense, um, or if they just kind of go away, like, go away, or if they get dismissive, like, they're like, no, you know, they try to avoid it, or they try to um, make the situation or make you seem less than, then that's a very red flag in my opinion. That's a big one for me. I'm going to agree with you. Um, yeah, if they're starting, you know, there's, there's, that are, they're dismissive. Um, if they're not, you can tell they're not engaged. Mm-hmm. They're not really there. Um, I, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Flag. Yep. Um, so I've talked about mental health a lot on the podcast. So how do you think mental health and vulnerability relate to each other? Uh, I think vulnerability and mental health are definitely connected. Um, and we all have seasons of life and moments that can be even situational where we, um, we go through periods of being anxious or being depressed. Maybe we've had loss. Um, Maybe there's been a major transition in our home, our family. Um, So everybody, I think, has some mental health. I want to say issues. Vulnerability, we could talk about vulnerability, (laughs) you know, has some some mental health needs and those need to be addressed. Um, And vulnerability is connected because I think that unless we get help or understand our mental health needs and we address those mental health needs, we can't be completely, um, vulnerable. Does that make sense? If we're talking about ability and that that's being brave and, um, being okay with who we are and being okay with our imperfection. Um, so we need that. We need to address our mental health and get the correct support and um, the the correct um, and proper, um, uh, I guess, mental health support. Mm-hmm. Whether it's healing, um, or maybe it's finding that mentor, life coach, or maybe it's some reading. Um, maybe it's joining a, a support a group or something, mm-hmm. but. If we're talking about vulnerability, like I said before, as in loving ourselves, 
and that being who we are being brave and who we are. Um, we, I don't think we can do that unless we address our mental health needs. Yeah. Yeah. Does that yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and for me, like when my mental health is kind of suffering, when I'm struggling, um, it is so hard to be vulnerable, but it is so worth it. Cause when I was talking about sixth grade, I made a whole testimony episode about this that, uh, it won't be out yet, but when this comes out, but it'll come out, um, where I was talking about the season I went through of anxiety and I actually got a therapist. And if I hadn't been vulnerable with my parents and telling them that I needed something that wouldn't have happened. And I don't know where, like, I don't know where my life would be right now because it was game changing. So where being vulnerable, I'm thinking about being vulnerable about like our mental health is so being honest, being honest right. Being honest. Um, it's so scary when when you are honest in the right ways and with the right people. Um, it is. It can be so rewarding. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. Um, Absolutely. And I love how you answered that question. So, thank you. Um, and this next one: What are some small ways you can start opening up to people? First, it starts you yourself being a good listener and kind of reflecting back what that person saying, like, I hear you saying that, you know, you want to be more vulnerable. I hear you saying that, you know, you'd like to talk about more about X, Y, Z, whatever. So I just want to let you know I'm listening. Um, so I think modeling for them even what that would look like and see if they catch on. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think even even flat out, straight out asking somebody, hey, um, I feel I really feel comfortable comfortable with you. Um, I wanted to run something by you. Can can I share something with you? Because um, I'm looking for some advice or some feedback. You know, would you mind being a sounding board? I think you sometimes need to frame it yeah. so you don't scare that person away um, or overwhelm them or make them. And you're gonna get us. If they're like, yes, like if you're me, you'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're sharing with me. Yes, I would love, I'd love to help. I'm going to listen. Here, let me get the door. Or mm -hmm. yes, let's, let's get a cup of coffee. Um, I would love to help. I would love to listen. Um, you get a response like that, you know, you got a good person to talk to. Right. Uh, but I think start with, start with being a good listener yourself and start with, you know, you know, I'm here to listen. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, anything you, you know, you want to say, you know, I'm, I can, I, I would keep in confidence. Um, you know, if they start to continue to, you could even reassure them, but I would always frame it yeah. with, with, if you are getting ready to start with, I don't, I'm not, going to overshare, but I, I just need a sounding board and how comfortable do you feel with that? It's okay to ask them, yeah. Yeah. you know, and person gives you a positive response and that's probably somebody who's definitely worth being vulnerable with and who's a safe person to be vulnerable with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I had something and I totally forgot it. So I'm going to, um, I think, um, also kind of like kind of building up to like if you're if you let's say if you've had a very bad experience opening up with someone in the past and it's hard for you to open up even to someone who's like not gonna give a bad response at all if you're if it's just scary if it's a wound for you um even like not sharing a lot of details is okay sometimes too um so like <laughs> saying like saying I'm struggling with anxiety, period there, nothing else. If that's as far as you can go, or if you, if you can't even go that far yet, that's okay. Um, you don't expect yourself and, um, to like be able to go into a bunch of details about like your past experiences and everything that you went through. And that's okay. That's okay. Just, you can start small. Um, right. Right. 
And I like what you're saying too, starting small. It's kind of like dipping your toes in the water mm -hmm. to kind of see if it's, you know, comfortable enough or it's warm enough to get in, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And as you disclose and as you share, that person, their comfort level increases too. And then, you know, it becomes, it can become mutually beneficial um, as well. Yeah. And um, also when I was struggling opening up to people whenever and whenever I do, I always just talk to God. I always pray because he sometimes is difficult to open up to, but I have full knowledge that he will always be a safe place and he's perfect and, <laughs> and he's always going to be safe. So praying and like talking to God and reading the Bible is also really good and helpful to opening up. And like, even just like saying out loud, Hey God, I'm struggling with this, 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 and this, um, has been really helpful for me and trying to open up. No, absolutely. Find strength in your faith, leaning on your faith. And I know that sometimes my encounters with people have been completely divine intervention. They've been gone. God at work because people have been put in my path who needed an ear that day. They needed somebody to hug them. They needed somebody to help them. They needed somebody to listen. And that's powerful when you just go with it and you're an instrument um, and the Holy Spirit is working. That happens a lot. Um, and it, that those moments when you are vulnerable and you are allowing somebody to feel safe with you and be vulnerable with you, that's Holy Spirit's working. I mean, that's a divine, that's divine intervention right there. Yeah. Yeah. And being vulnerable with you guys, listeners, and I'm totally okay with this. I'm still in therapy. Um, and I feel like every single session I have, I love my therapist. It feels like the Holy Spirit is there and helping me be vulnerable. And it's so beautiful and wonderful. Um, and yeah, so yeah. That's nice. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so the next one, why do you think that being vulnerable can be so difficult? Mm -hmm. I think because we're being truthful and I think because there's a lot of judgment in our society, um, you know, based on what we do, what we say, how we dress, what kind of work we do, mm -hmm. uh, live where, you know, there's just, there can be judgment. There can be a lot of judgment. Um, and I think that, our idea, the way we've been socialized, that we have to be perfect um, in many ways. Um, you know, I'm going to use the example, and you're too young, but because you're not, you're mom decades from now. <laughs> but, um, you know, as a, a wife and a mom, and then having a career, there was a lot of pressure, you know, and then you guys have pressure as teens too, yeah. you know. You have to balance you have to balance school maybe in sports and clubs and you know and you're insecure in who you are and your body's growing and changing your mind's growing and changing and you know even spiritually you're growing and changing and you're being you're being you get mixed messages and you're getting all this I think it's I think again whether you're my age or your age there's there's judgment there's mixed messages there's pressure societal pressure uh, as to what perfect is and we need to remember that we are perfectly imperfect and that's a beautiful thing and that's a good thing but not everybody thought that or reminded of that um and so i think societal pressures, I guess, um, peer pressure, um, and then, 
yeah, I think those things, I think, make it difficult for us to be vulnerable, whether we're young or old, you know? Absolutely. And I think also for me personally, I struggle with perfectionism. It is like a part of my personality um, is just struggling with perfectionism. Um, So that makes it sometimes very hard to be vulnerable and to open up because I don't want anyone to know that I am not perfect, which I'm not. I make mistakes. I have gone through hard times in my life. And so my perfectionism has made it difficult in some circumstances to open up to people. Um, And I also think we just like to be kept hidden out of a fear of being rejected, abandoned, or hurt. Um, So exposing those parts of ourselves, the, the vulnerable and the messy and the broken parts of ourselves can be hard. Right. Absolutely. Our basic need is to belong. And like you were saying, if you allow yourself to be vulnerable, are people going to accept me? Are they going to reject me? Are they judging? I use that word judgment. There's just so too much of that, too much of that. Um, And social media, it just has (sighs) amped that up 500 fold. Um, you know, I I wanted to share this with you, especially with your viewers. Um, I was, and I'm trying to remember what news segment or outlet it was. It may even have been, it wasn't a podcast and I do listen to podcasts, but it, because there was actually, there were actual slides with data and it, the, it was talking about when the emergence of, um, Social media directly correlates with the numbers of middle school age girls and the increase in suicidal ideation. And um, hopefully that's not too heavy for your viewers, but self-harm, self-harm, suicidal ideation. So if we look at the emergence of social media, the, the age in which we're seeing those things was a younger age and the numbers just like took mm-hmm. off and mm-hmm. same with even high school, but even more so because younger kids have had access to, um, you know, that may have been something that teens talked about or teens were more aware of because they were older, but we have even younger kids now being self-critical and judging themselves against others and getting all kinds of information. Um, it's just, it's scary to me when, and when I saw the, the, the statistics, um, it was alarming to me. I mean, I have nieces and nephews, um, who are tween and teen and, um, I see firsthand, you know, with even some of the fourth and fifth graders that I work with who have seemed to have issues that I would have seen more with high schoolers when I first started my career. Yeah. So sad to me. Um, it's, it's scary. Yeah. And, and social media is, first of all, one, not a very safe place to be vulnerable about big things. I mean, I think it's good to be like authentic like to not always do the filter, but it is not a good place to say very like deep, very vulnerable things that you have been through. Social media is not a very safe place to do that just because I'm a Yeah. Yeah. It's just not super safe. And I try to be very careful. Like I try to make wisdom for the journey Instagram, a very authentic place, but there, but there are some things that on this podcast and on the social media, I'm just not going to share because it's too, it's too close and it's not safe and it's not very smart. Um, and also social media, it, it makes it so hard to be authentic because we see all these um, pictures with like, you know, filters and, you know, these, for me, it's like, you know, popular girls on like their beach trips or, you know, just all of this stuff of people living the quote unquote perfect lives. And it just mm-hmm. makes us feel, feel alone. Um, yeah, it, it makes it hard to be vulnerable. It's it certainly. Certain. I've heard I've this heard from um, female friends of mine, and also I'm talking. My my sister wouldn't mind me sharing this. 
Um, my sister is my little sister. She's um, about 10 years younger and has children and she works in a preschool. And, and there's times when she said to me, I, I can't, I can't even be on social media anymore. I don't want to be on Facebook. I feel it makes me feel bad about what I'm doing. Am I doing enough with my kids? Am I, am I, am I, should I be doing this? Should I be doing that? How, you know, she's like, she said to me, it's just a place for people to put up their stuff to make other people feel bad. That was her take on it. And I said, you know, and I said, I've heard that from, I've heard that from younger people too, that it, it's, it's like, I, I'm not good enough. And every time I get into this platform or that platform, all I feel like I'm getting is, well, I need to be doing that and I need to be better at that. And I need to be, I'm not doing enough of this and I need to look this pretty and I need to dress this way and I need to act this way. And that's a whole lot of pressure. And that totally takes you away from being what God has intended you to be. And that's to be yourself and to be perfectly imperfect. And um, it, it, it's a, it's just a place that takes us away from people too and connecting with people and, you know, real human people and being in a face to face people and it's damages relationships, friendships. And I've seen that with the young kids at school, um, had to deal with some conflict resolution situations with young ladies who weren't invited to a sleepover and then they were texting to the persons that weren't. And then, you know, and I said, ladies, you know, this, we wouldn't have even had any issues uh, if you as fourth and fifth graders didn't have phones mm -hmm. and you weren't at messaging. And you know what I mean? A lot of this, mm -hmm. so technology plays into this too. Yeah. Um, the social media, but also technology and, uh, it takes us away from being authentic and being um, connecting with people um, in, in a natural way, an authentic way. Because you can be somebody else when you're uh, in, uh, on Facebook or you can be somebody else when you're on TikTok or you can be cooler here, you can be cooler there. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. I didn't mean to go off. I just have <laughs> some strong opinions because yeah. I'm seeing impacting little kids, even young kids in elementary school. Yeah, it's, it is insane. And like, it's just, it's difficult. And I've had to take multiple fashion social media and I'm sure my followers, especially in the Wisdom for the Journey account, like I'll go like post for like, like a month and I'll be like, okay, I'm taking a break. I'm done with this now. And then- and that's <laughs> Yeah, it's okay. Um, yeah, and setting limits for myself has been really helpful. But yeah, social media is definitely a part. So if you find it that it's that it's making you struggle, um, and specifically about the topic, making you feel alone or like you can't be vulnerable to anybody because everybody else is perfect, take a break. Um, Got it. Great um, advice. Thank you. But. Um, the next one, I've kind of struggled this struggled with this before. How do you heal from being invalidated or a bad experience opening up? Hmm. Uh, I know you prayer, reflection. Also, I think leaning into. Yeah, so leaning into your faith, but then I also think leaning into those people that are safe yeah. and being honest and open with them and saying, hey, this happened. You know, can I talk to you about it? Um, and for some people, you know, hopefully they have those people like you and I are fortunate. At my, when I was your age, I had those people. I was so, so blessed. Oh, so blessed. Um, and you have those people. Um, but I think whether it's that school nurse or the school counselor or it's that teacher or it's that maybe it is your dad or your mom, maybe it's your great aunt, maybe it's your grandma, but leaning in and, and sharing that experience and saying, you yeah, know, this is, this really hurt me when they, or mm -hmm. I want, this is what happened. And, and then I'm sure they have wisdom to share yeah. about an experience mm -hmm. that they, it was similar. You know, so no, 
knowing that you're not alone because that happens to all of us. That's, you know. Right. And for me, I've had a bad experience opening up to a friend. And I know that that's not who they are. Like how they acted when I opened up to them is not who they as a person are. And um, it was scary, but I set a boundary with them. I said, please don't talk to me this way when I'm opening up to you. Or if you can't receive what I'm trying, what I'm saying to you, just tell me. Um, and I think setting clear boundaries is helpful. One, because like, you know, setting a boundary, but also two, because like, it's a good reminder that when their response to you opening up, it's not your fault how they responded. You being vulnerable was not a bad thing. You opening up was not a bad thing. And they were the one that made the mistake. Um, and I think that's that might sound a bit harsh, but I think that's really important to remember um, when we've had a bad experience, that you are not wrong. You did not, I don't know the situation, but typically if somebody responded like really bad to you saying something and you're not doing really much wrong, you you were not at fault. Um, and that's what I have to say to myself. Um, yep, that's, you're right. That's so and um, I know that we remember everybody carries their own baggage too. So that person that day may have been off or they maybe something, they were hurt themselves. You know, you're right. And I think what that boils down to is you can't take it personally, mm -hmm. even though we, especially if we're sensitive or feeling insecure as a teen, or a tween, or even an adult, we're feeling, having moments, we have moments of insecurity, you know, we have to be like, oh, you know what, that probably wasn't about me, that, that was them, they're, they're wrestling with something, they're dealing with something, and I can't take that personally, so yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. And, yeah. Yep. Um, so kind of, we talked about how to be vulnerable through most of this episode, but um, again, on the flip side of things, uh, how can you be a good friend when somebody is opening up to you? Oh, um, I mentioned pulling something up I wanted to share at the end. Um, I, I think, again, being an, a good listener and reflecting back, mm -hmm. so they're engaged and they're heard. You know, everybody wants to be heard. Yeah. Um, and you can't be you they're not completely vulnerable unless they feel heard and they completely trust you and so those little tricks those little tools you know reflecting back um in different words repeating you know what they say or even asking for clarification you know um or just saying you know i'm glad you're sharing be here with you um Doing those reassuring them I think those things are really important yeah yeah absolutely and I have I have two quick quick tips that I wrote down that I use literally all the time when a friend is opening up to me first of all ask them what they need don't assume any like don't assume what they need so I typically ask do you need to be comforted encouraged given advice or do you just want me to sit here with you typically they just want me to sit there with them and listen um, so ask them what they need um, before you just assume that they want you to encourage them, before you just assume that they want you to fix their problem. Right. Um, yeah. And then the last one seems a bit counterintuitive, um, but set good boundaries. Sometimes we need to tell people um, that we don't have mental space to talk or to even listen. And that not only protects ourselves, but it prevents us from re reacting poorly to someone opening up to us because if I'm not in a good space and somebody opens up to me and I snap at them, that, that will hurt them. So by setting good boundaries and saying, Hey, I'm not really in a good place to talk to me. Try another time. You're protecting them because you know that you would probably react poorly if they said something that might either trigger you or if you just don't have the space. Um, yeah, so set good boundaries. Great. Excellent. Um, 
you sound like a real counselor. Thank you. Um, it's very encouraging because I want to be a counselor. Um, I think I think all of those things and kind of knowing where that where that person's going, like you said, what is it that they need? Because sometimes my husband will like he'll be giving me all this advice and what's I'm like, Mike, I just wanted you to listen. Like he's then tell me that next time, you know. So it is important, like you said, do I you just to be here? Do you need some advice? Do you do you want me to comfort you? Do you, I mean those are Phenomenal. And again, setting parameters and creating some boundaries to, and you being honest about, which that's you being honest about not being in a place um, to listen or help at that moment shows incredible vulnerability and honesty and strength. Um, Because I've put myself in positions before where I'm like digging real deep to like, be helpful, but I'm wrestling with a whole lot of other stuff under the surface. And probably I would have been better help to them had I said, Hey, you know what? I've had a really full day at school. It was pretty intense. We had a crisis and I'm really like tapped out. And I, I, I get, you know, I, the, the switch has got to go off because <laughs> I'm yeah. bent, you know, and it's not, it's not, you get better at doing that with practice and over time. So I'm so glad you brought that up because it's okay to say, no, no, now's not a good time, but I care about you and I do want to hear what you have to say. Mm -hmm. I want to be proud of you. Right. And the quote that I always think about is you can't pour from an empty cup. There you go. If you're mm -hmm. like, if like your cup of, I don't know, whatever it is, for me, it's typically being willing, like not judging, because I like when I get in a bad place, I can judge people. If um, my cup of like giving grace is empty, like I'm just not gonna be able to give any grace to people. So I have to give myself some time to replenish that. And then we have three more questions. Um, so question eight, how do you open up to yourself? How do I open up to myself? Well, I do talk to myself. <laughs> Me too. I know that's not what you're asked, but actually I do. Um, and I do better opening up to myself when I have time away from everyone, everything, and when I'm outside. Yeah. Nature, um, quiet moments of reflection. I used to pray in the car, but when I worked at Beverly Hills, I um, would often would pray in the car on the way to work. Um, so, and also sometimes music, what helps me to kind of reflect and think about where I'm headed, where I'm going, what I need, mm -hmm. what I've been doing, what I could do better, you know, differently. Um, I think having alone time because I'm so I'm social and I'm also serve a lot of people and I'm and I'm engaged with people especially at work when I'm working um so moments alone music and nature mm -hmm. yeah yeah um I do my best thinking and reflecting and have more prayerful moments I think yeah absolutely um yeah those are all. I love nature and I absolutely love music. Um, so, and then one thing that I need to remind myself to do is treating myself like someone I would want to open up to. Um, so treating myself with kindness and grace um, because no one wants to open up to somebody who's mean or invalidating or who, or, or who ignores them. So don't be that to yourself. Um, so, yeah, that's been helpful for me. Yeah, modeling. Important. Yeah. Um, you know, I've even to adults times they'll be, get down on themselves. It may be a teacher who's had a bad day or somebody's like, oh, I'm, I'm like, you know what? First thing you need to do is you need to be kind to yourself because you're not even talking kind to yourself right now. You need to be kind to yourself. Um, 
So when you get older, you get bolder, Mariana. You say those kind of things to other adults. <laughs> yes, sorry. All right. Um, this is very chaotic. There's a lot of phones going off and stuff. Okay. All good. Um, so we, our last two questions, which are the two questions that I ask at the end of every single episode. Um, what do you wish your teenage self knew about vulnerability and opening up? Hmm. That it was okay. It was okay to be completely honest. Um, that I was not perfect and that not going to be perfect and no one expected me to be perfect. Um, and I actually am going to just quickly frame all that with that. I went to a Catholic school from first to sixth grade and we had nuns and that were teaching us. And we were also, so when I'm saying all of that to say that it was very, very rigid and there's a lot of doctrine and a lot of, um, I think fire brimstone kind of you, you know, there, it was just, it was pretty intense. Uh, yeah. So I had to work through a lot of, you're not bad. Mm. <laughs> it pay to make mistakes. <laughs> God forgives. You're not going to go to hell. Like if you're, forgiven um and just you're not going to be perfect uh all of that you know as a young person as a even an elementary age child middle schooler i mean that has an impact on you yeah. so i back i would say oh, intentions are good their intentions are good <laughs> um and you're a good person you're a good girl and it's okay to share things with, you know, your parents. It's okay to, to be honest with people about your thoughts, your feelings, and your needs. Um, and don't be such a people pleaser. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's what I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. Um, yeah, that is, that is advice that I, and I'm sure many of my listeners will be very happy to hear. Um, and then the last question, um, this can be a verse, this can just be your thoughts. Um, if Jesus was sitting here with us like right now, like in the flesh, in this conversation, in this Zoom meeting, um, what do you think he would say about vulnerability and opening up? He'd just say, just be you. Be your beautiful self. Be you. And then we would be sitting next to each other. He'd be, I'd be lean, he'd let me lean in and we'd hug. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. He wears, my Jesus wears like Chuck Taylor, like Chuck's and he's like super cool, his long hair. <laughs> he's, um, he's super cool. So yeah, he would just say, do you, do you, be you. I love you. So that's who you need to be. Mm, yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah. And God is love. So I think he would just say, just love yourself and I love you. Um, and yeah, absolutely. And then your love will just come naturally and authentically when you love who you are, you know, it, it kind of will ooze out of you. So just do you. Yeah, absolutely. So wrapping this up, is there anything else you would like to share um, any closing words that you have um, before we wrap this episode up? Um, I, I, I appreciate asking that. Um, I love that. Now I've got Jesus sitting here next to me right, with his chucks on. Um, so I mentioned Brene Brown earlier, um, and I just wanted to read one of the, her quotes, if I could, if that's all right. Yeah, absolutely. That I really like. Um, and actually, I think... Richard, Pastor Richard brought this up talking about your story. It was, or was it this part of the sermon series that your parents had done uh, about your story, you know, and um, it says owning your, our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing we'll ever do. Mm -hmm. Simple. Yeah. Owning our story and loving ourselves through the process is the bravest thing that we're going to ever do. So, and that's, that's vulnerability right there. Yeah. Yep. And it's, it's, not, 
And it's not an easy thing. I love how it's like says like it's not an easy thing. It's brave and it's hard. Um, yeah, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Um, I, I love this episode. This was this is gonna be a really good episode. Um, so thank you, guys. Listen, you're welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, I really enjoyed this. So thank you. Alright, so that's it for this week's episode. I hope you got whatever you needed to hear from today's episode. You can find Wisdom for the Journey on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor under the name Wisdom for the Journey Podcast. You can also follow the podcast Instagram at Wisdom for the Journey if you want content a lot like the content of this podcast or if you would like to reach out to me about anything. Also, it would be so helpful if you provided a rating for us, so new listeners can see if this is a podcast that would be helpful for them. The link to all of that is in the description of this episode. And one last thing, remember you are never alone, you are enough just where you are right now, and God loves you.